Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Thank you for listening, downloading, and passing information about the Cyber Smart Morning News update to your friends or to yourself or what have you. Uh, as always, we this is a quick look at the cyber headlines overnight. Um, is it all the cyber news? No, it's just stuff that's I think is important that I want to talk about. So here we go. From the register.com, Jessica Lyons, Hardcastle reporting Fidelity National now says 1.3 million customers had data stolen by cyber crooks. So a um, couple weeks ago, we talked about Mr. Cooper, the mortgage company being hit with a data breach. Yesterday was Loan Depot and today Fidelity National. Now, why are all these entities getting hit? Well, that's where the money is, but okay. Fidelity National Financial has now says criminals got a hold of data belonging to 1.3 million customers after breaking into its IT network in November. The mortgage giant, which has assets totaling $74 billion and is one of the largest providers of title insurance and settlement services in the U.S. disclosed the cyber incident, there you go, cyber ransomware, so it's what it is, in an 8K filing with the SEC that same month. Uh, ransomware group Alpha V Black Cat claimed responsibility for the attack shortly after it happened, uh, though the crew reviewed few, revealed few details about what data they allegedly stole. Um... So basically, if you are a Fidelity national user, expect an email or expect a letter coming soon that your information has been compromised and you're going to get free free credit monitoring. Basically, like I said the other day, we're all going to have credit monitoring for the rest of our lives. But again, this just goes to show it doesn't, I mean, honestly, none of us listening here had any, this is not our fault, right? If you are a, a financial, Fidelity national financial customer, Loss of your information is not your fault. It's the company's fault for not taking cybersecurity seriously enough to protect their stuff. 70 field, they have assets totaling $74 billion. You'd think you could spend some of that money to cybersecurity, quite frankly, but obviously not enough because here we are. Now, how they got in, that'd be great to know. Uh, it does say that we determined an unauthorized third party access certain systems, deployed a type of malware that is not self-propagating and exfiltrated certain data. Okay, whatever. So they don't say how it happened. We'll never know how it happened. But again, it goes, I mean, I, what do you do about it? Again, you just have to pay attention to it and be aware of it. Uh, and watch your own information uh, because some of this information may be used for fraud, stuff like that. All right. From the good news file, at least, darkreading.com. Business email compromise gang conspirator sentenced to 10 years in prison. The Nigerian national who was living in the United States, bad plan on his part, mu also must pay over a million dollars in restitution. A man in the U.S. who assisted a Nigerian-based criminal organization has been sentenced to a decade in prison and ordered to pay more than $1.46 million in restitution for his group role in the group's business email compromise fraud schemes. Indiana, Indianapolis-based Olegaben... Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to butcher this name, but I'll give it a try. Oluk Benga Lawal worked for the criminal organization to defraud individuals across the United States using business email compromise and romance scams. Uh, he is a, a Nigerian national laundered money by converting the fraud do dollars in multiple U.S. banks into Nigerian currency for the cybercrime group. He and his co-conspirators operated between January 2019 and June 2020, and handled oh, he handled over $3.6 million in deposits. So he gets 10 years and a month. 
good luck to him. I hope he enjoys prison, and it's uh, good to see um, when um, good things happen to bad people. All right, uh, cyberscoop.com. This is a follow-up from yesterday. Remember, we talked about the SEC, the Security uh, and Exchange Commission. Their Twitter account got hacked and then used as a cryptocurrency fraud site. So this is from Cyberscoop following up on that a little bit. Elias Grohl reporting that... After the hack, X claims SEC failed to use two-factor authentication. Genius. So we're going to rely on the government to tell us what we need to do from a cybersecurity perspective. And they can't do the simplest thing. Unbelievable. Anyway, a breach of the SEC's account on the platform, formerly known as Twitter, caused Bitcoin prices to spike. Uh, the social media platform X accused the SEC of failing to implement strong security features after the agency's account on the platform was hijacked and used to falsely claim that the regulatory body had approved the trading exchange, trading of exchange traded funds, EFT or ETFs holding Bitcoin. In a statement late Tuesday, the social media network formerly known as Twitter said that the compromise was not due to any breach of their systems, but rather due to an unidentified individual obtaining control over a phone number associated with an at SEC gov account through a third party. Well, that is a long way around. Um, but the statement also said the SEC failed to enable two-factor authentication. Stupid, 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 stupid. I can't say stupid enough. It's also so stupid. I almost, I think I'll write, write a Substack article about it, but this just, this just irritates me, right? Because here's the SEC. They're requiring all these companies. If you get a hack, make sure you report it to us so we can take appropriate regulatory action. Uh, and they can't do the simple things themselves. It's sad. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's, you know, it's, it's where we're at. And the funny thing is some news art, some news state, I think it was CNBC said that Twitter got hacked and this happened. Twitter didn't get hacked, people. The SEC's account got hacked because they're stupid enough and don't know what to do. All right, anyway, uh, ArsTechnica.com, Dan Gooden reporting, actively exploited zero day and Avanti VPN are letting, hacker, are letting hackers backdoor networks. Well, that is really poorly written there, uh, Dan Gooden, but uh, your editor did a lousy job too. But anyway, un un unknown threat actors are actively targeting two critical zero day vulnerabilities that allow them to bypass two-factor authentication and execute malicious code inside networks that use a widely used virtual privacy network appliance sold by Avanti, researchers said on Wednesday. Avanti reported bare-boned details concerning the zero days, although they are tracked as CVEs 2023-846-805 and CVE 2024-21887. Um, they reside in Avanti Connect Secure. It's a VPN appliance, formerly known as Pulse Secure. Um, and so obviously, if you're using that, be aware so that when the fix comes, you can go ahead and fix it. There's a lot more to this article. You're certainly welcome to take a look at it if you want to. But that's kind of the main get gist of it. If you're using Avanti VPN, you've got a zero day vulnerability. Um, so just maybe pay a little more attention to your networks if you can. Now, also in the um, in the infrastructure world, from Bleeping Computer, Sergey Gatlin reporting, Cisco says critical Unity connection bug lets attackers get root. And that's not good because if you get root access, you can do anything you want on a system. And so Cisco has patched, which is good, a critical Unity connection security flaw that can let authenticated attackers remotely gain X uh, group privileges on unpatched devices. Unity Connection is a fully virtualized messaging and voicemail solution for email inboxes, web browsers, Cisco Jabber, Cisco Unified IP phone, smartphone, and so on and so forth. Um, the vulnerability, which is called, which is CVE 2024-20272, was found in the software's web-based management interface and allows attackers to execute commands on the underlying operating system by uploading arbitrary files to targeted and vulnerable systems. Now, there is a fix for this. So ideally, if you are using a Cisco uh, Unity connection, 
um, then you can download the patch and you can fix your problem. The problem is not everybody patches, right? So uh, my guess is, this is a guess, and we'll see if it comes to fruition, but we're going to see, now we're going to see attacks occurring because of this particular vulnerability, which are going to give attackers root into a system and allow them to pivot off of the Cisco appliance and then boost around into the network and do bad things. Now, Speaking of patching today, yesterday, or rather um, two days ago, Tuesday was the first patch Tuesday of the month. So you should go and make sure that all of your Windows devices at a minimum are being patched and, and, and uploading and you're fixing all the new vulnerabilities with their um, monthly download. So you want to do that uh, and patch everything if you can, because that's where we're at. Uh, okay. Securityfairs.com, Perlugi Paganini reporting. The entire population of Brazil possibly exposed in a massive data leak. Now, I know, probably not a lot of Brazilian listeners to this podcast, but I note this one just to simply show that countries are targeted, all their information. And now, now, where this was stored to have all the population's information, let's, let's just see what it has to say. The private data of hundreds of millions of Brazilian individuals were publicly accessible to threat actors putting individuals at risk. Cyber News Research revealed a publicly accessible Elasticsearch instance which contained a staggering amount of private data belonging to Brazilian individuals. Elasticsearch is a commonly used tool for the search analysis and visualization of large volumes of data. The leaked data was not linked to a specific company or organization, preventing cyber news from identifying the source of the leak. So they don't know who's leaking it. Someone is, but who knows who? The cluster located on a cloud server contained the data with full names, dates of birth, sex, and cadastro de pessoas, Bisescus numbers, which is their equivalent to social security numbers in Brazil. The leaked data contained more than 223 million records, which implies the entire Brazilian population might be affected by the leak. Uh, while the data is no longer publicly available uh, in the hands of a malicious actor, the exposed data could have been misused for identity theft, fraud, and targeted cybercrime. Now, it's not to say someone didn't find it and get a hold of it, but the point being here is that Again, the point, I make the point all the time, I probably make it every week in some way, shape or form that you cannot trust other third parties with your own data. You have to stay on top of your own information, your own bank account information, watch for stuff happening, all that kind of stuff, because people just cannot secure data. There's so much of it. There's so many things to do. They probably didn't patch when they were supposed to. Um, again, there's no, there's no reason to believe that all the Brazilian information was stolen. But trust me, if Cyber News found it, somebody else, China probably found it. China probably has all this information uh, and will probably use it down the road. But again, I mean, I just I just note it because it's an interesting story just to kind of hammer home the point that no one's doing this right. All right, from CSOonline.com, this is the last one. Shadow APIs are opening organizations to attacks as a report. So this is interesting because it's, a new th a new ish threat, but it's a huge threat that I don't think organizations are taking seriously enough or paying attention to. So the sub headline here, organizations are either failing to fully defend, defend, defend themselves or are relying on incomplete protection of APIs without real time visibility. Organizations lacking visibility at application programming interfaces they use have, which are APIs, have resulted in the APIs becoming more complex to manage and protect against abuse, according to a report by Cloudflare. The report based on the traffic patterns observed by Cloudflare's network between October 2022 and August 2023 has found that organizations are either failing to fully defend themselves are relying on incomplete protection of APIs without real-time visibility. APIs are challenging to protect from abuse. They require deeper business context, discovery methods, and access verification controls compared to other web application security services. Cloudflare said in a report, those that implement API security without an accurate real-time picture of the API of their API landscape can 
unintentionally block legitimate traffic. So APIs are little interfaces that allow you to share information amongst different um, um, software applications and stuff like that. Um, so uh, Cloudflare analysis conducted concluded that APIs outpaced their inter other internet traffic, attributing 57% of the Cloudflare processed internet traffic to successful API requests. So let's see what else does it say? 52% um, uh, of all API errors processed by Cloudflare were attributed to the error code 429, which is the HTTP status request code for too many requests. This is supported by the fact that 33% of API mi migrations or mitigations comprised uh, blocking distributed denial of service attacks. So that's kind of the leading threat is using APIs to do DDoS attacks, obviously because these APIs are created to simplify traffic across a network um, and no one's paying attention to them. So we talk, uh, we've talked in the past, we haven't, but people have, in security have talked in the past about shadow IT, those um, uh, sh software packages that are loaded on the networks no one knows about. Now you have shadow APIs that organizations aren't paying attention to that can cause them problems. So if you are an organization, you're in IT, you're cybersecurity, you know, get a handle, do some um, maintenance, do some inventory, um, some accounting on your APIs and make sure you know where they are, what they're doing, who they're talking to, uh, and are they configured correctly? Because chances are there may be vulnerabilities that can cause you sorts of problems. Um, again, just be aware of it um, and think about it, right? That's going to do it for the news today on Thursday, January 11th. Thanks again for listening. If you have thoughts, comments, questions, you are welcome to email me, darren at thecyberguy.com. Uh, find me on LinkedIn, read my Substack. Um, I'm, I'm easy to find. Uh, although if you're a scammer, stay away. I really have no interest in what you have to say. With that, know that knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk and proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Talk again tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday and it means it's op-ed Friday. Cyber Smart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.